the voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Dave Well, the Royals are human after all, experiencing their first three-game losing streak of the year after tonight's game. As the Yankees win one that wasn't really even as close as the 5-1 to score might indicate. And the Royals now face a tough matchup tomorrow to avoid the sweep and four losses in a row. As it's Dave welcoming you to your dish on Clubhouse Conversation where I'm quite frustrated tonight. One of the first times this year I've been truly frustrated with the Royals offense. Just the approach tonight. I found it awful. And it's been that way the last few games. And teams go through slumps and issues. But we'll talk more about the approach coming up here in a few minutes of the Royals offense tonight. We'll talk all about Jason Vargas. We'll preview tomorrow's series finale and a matchup that I find very unfavorable for the Royals. I'll tell you why here in a few minutes. But yeah, let's go back to Jason Vargas and start with him because he is our player of the game. I wanted to give it to Paulo Orlando who hit his first big league home run tonight. Oppo style for Paulo. Way to go, man. But... Vargas, to me, gets the nod tonight because he looked very good. Very good. Striking out six in his four innings. Didn't appear to be any lingering effects of the flexor injury that put him out the last three-plus weeks. And Vargas, you know, did contribute to the Mark Teixeira show tonight, allowing the two-run homer in the first inning. Teixeira drove in four of the five runs for the Bronx Bombers tonight. But, I mean, outside of that home run pitch, to, to Shara, which Vargas tried to go on the outside. The ball tailed back in right over middle-middle. Outside of that, really only the walk to A-Rod before him can I fault Vargas for tonight. And two outs, nobody out of the first. Vargas has A-Rod 2-2, loses him on a walk. And just two pitches later, to Shara goes yard. 2 nothing, And the way the Royals were going quick and not doing anything against Adam Warren, even when it was 2 nothing, I never felt like the Royals were really going to win this game. And usually this year, I feel like the Royals are going to come back in those situations. But something about tonight, something about this team right now, it, it, it's good that we've got Alex Rios coming back. I think that's going to give the offense a boost and shake things up a little bit, make the lineup a little stronger, although I'm aware that Paulo also had a home run tonight and has been doing a solid job, an admirable job filling in. But that'll help as well an increased focus on their approach. Again, two more minutes, we'll get to the offense. But Jason Vargas, back to him, You know, pitched effectively in and out all night long. I was very impressed with how he used the changeup tonight to his advantage, getting a number of swings and misses on the changeup to Vargas, especially inside, too. Threw really well inside with a purpose and avoided the middle of the plate outside of that home run ball to Teixeira, and he also got away with a hanger that very uh, next inning in the second inning to get out of the inning. That was also a, a hanging breaking ball that was hit to center field that he was able to get out of the inning. But overall, you know, Vargas, nothing but encouraging in this start. And I was a little, a little nervous about that coming in, as I mentioned last night. Vargas looked good, and that's two great starts in a row. Well, not great, but two good starts in a row after he did the same thing with six innings of two-run ball against Cleveland in his last start around three weeks ago. Now, unfortunately, Joe Blanton came in and struggled in his first inning. He did go two including a very impressive and quick sixth inning, in fairness to Joe, but did struggle in that fifth inning, allowing two earned runs, three runs overall, and three hits in his two innings. And while there was an error made by Lorenzo Cain behind him, Cain also ran down a nice play in the gap to potentially save him another run. So, But overall, Blanton 
you know, at least he was able to go two innings for the Royals. And again, the bullpen is still in good shape considering that the Royals have an off day on Thursday. So pretty much all hands are on deck tomorrow outside of Joe Blanton, you would think, as the Royals head into the series finale. Calvin Herrera, Wade Davis finished up with two scoreless innings, uh, a walk each and a strikeout. And then, I mean, just just a good game overall pitching-wise for the Royals, but not on the offensive side. And let's get to that right now. First of all, the Royals struck out nine times tonight with zero walks. And we know the, this Royals team is not going to walk more than a couple times most games. Two or three times a game is kind of the norm for this Royals team. But zero walks, unacceptable, with nine strikeouts, as the Royals are the most difficult team to strike out in the league. And nine strikeouts against Adam Warren, not going to get it done for the Royals. Now, in the last three games, the Royals have just two extra base hits, a double by Alcides Escobar and the home run today, as we mentioned by Paulo Orlando. So, I mean, Adam Warren, take nothing away. That, that breaking ball was nasty tonight. Sweeping break, looked really good. I mean, Warren's a guy the Royals had never seen against them as a starter. He did, had faced the Royals in three outings out of the bullpen, but, I, I mean, give him credit. I mean, it's, it's almost one of those Michael Walker-type games where you just say, okay, the guy was freaking good. And I thought Warren was really good today. But I thought also that Casey made him look better than he was. I mean, six and a third innings, one run on two hits. He struck out five, and four of those five strikeouts were legitimately just on bad hitting by the Royals. Just no approach right now. Undisciplined we're seeing out of the Royals' offense. For truly, uh, we, we've seen it at times this year in certain games, certain at-bats, but not a few games in a row. And tonight was the worst, obviously, the pinnacle of it. I mean, I even go back to... Eric Hosmer on Sunday afternoon against the Cardinals in the ninth inning. The Royals are down by what? Five runs and he swings at a 2-0 pitch and pops out. I saw another 2-0 swing by the Royals in the ninth inning tonight. Or eight, sorry, it was eighth inning tonight, I guess it was. But I mean, the ninth inning, you see a 2-0. You know the situation. You're down by four runs, five runs. You're ahead in the count. You need base runners to lead off an inning. Take a, take a strike. And that's just one minuscule example. It's something I didn't even mention on Sunday. Because I didn't think it needed to be mentioned. You know, teams have bad games or a couple bad games. But when I see it a few games in a row, I start to get slightly concerned just because, to me, you know, play discipline is not really, uh, to me, it's more approach. I mean, there are, you know, there's slumps. And for this Royals team, maybe their slumps contribute to trying to do too much and swinging the balls out of the zone. I'd buy that. So perhaps maybe the approach is just being in a slump and trying to overcompensate or just you know maybe having a brief mental lapse. So And again, they hadn't seen Adam Warren much. So I'm not going to make a huge deal out of tonight, but I was disappointed in the offense tonight. I didn't make adjustments. The whole t- first time through the order, they kept doing the same thing. Breaking ball blown away. Breaking ball down. Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. Fastball too high. Pop up. I mean, they, they just weren't. We, you know, weren't, weren't waiting for Warren to make mistakes and weren't trying to wait around to work the count and get walks. And again, give him credit. It's still a small sample size. It's three games, so whatever. The Royals are going to lose three games in a row and very likely four games in a row as we preview tomorrow. And by the way, when are the Twins going to lose a game? The Twins are 8-2 and two in their last 10 after beating Boston again today. Uh, I'll wait about two more weeks, maybe one more week, one to two more weeks until... I totally believe in this Twins team. The thing about them that make that does make them a little bit scary is, A, they have Irvin Santana coming back in the second half. So it's almost like they add an arm, you know, in the middle of the year. B, they've got some terrific young players in AAA. Just some guys in that system that are great. 
Buxton, and, and many others. So that makes the Twins a little bit scary to me, and, I, and I'm sure they can go out. They have, probably have enough resources to make one move at the deadline if they had to. But again, I'm, I'm still not overly concerned. I'm still more concerned, honestly, about the other three teams in the division. Cleveland and Chicago still eight back, but it's still early enough where if they played at a high level and were able to take care of the Royals head-to-head, they could get back in it. I still think Minnesota finishes in fourth or fifth. Maybe I'm totally wrong. What do you think? When do we take the Twins for real? How much longer? Do you take them for real yet? Is Torrey Hunter and, and Maurer going to keep this up? Are some of these guys you know, going to continue to throw so well out of the rotation? At some point, maybe it's like the Royals last year. Maybe they're coming out of nowhere. I mean, uh, for that matter, do we take Houston serious? You know, in fact, I may throw that out as a, as a Twitter question. Which team is more real, Houston or Minnesota? It's a good question. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. At Royals Clubhouse, drop me an email here on the site, Facebook, etc. So tomorrow, I do think the Royals are in trouble. Chris Young against Michael Pineda. It's a rematch of the May 15th game, the Friday night at the K where the Royals won and where they gave Michael Pineda one of the worst outings of his career. As far as hits, it was the worst. Gave up 10 knocks in that game and five and a third. Five earned runs, only struck out one after getting the 16 the previous outing against Baltimore. So Pineda, that's, you know, has lost two starts in a row now. To me, Michael Pineda, assuming he's good and, and healthy, I'm saying when I say good, assuming his body is good, assuming, assuming he's healthy, I mean, obviously a top 10 starter in the American League. Five and two with a three five nine right now. I don't know. And Chris Young has been insane. 4 0 with an 7 8. Five and two thirds, one run on four hits in that last game against the Yankees with two Ks and two walks. So, why do I think it's an unfavorable matchup? Well, let's go over it. First of all, Michael Pineda factor. Well, first of all, the Royals aren't hitting right now the last few games. They don't look particularly good at the plate. Friday was the last time they really looked good at the plate against Lance Lynn. So, it's been a few days. All right. Number two, Pineda's damn good. And uh, number three, the ballpark. Chris Young is a fly ball pitcher mainly. And now granted, almost all of them seem to be on the infield that wouldn't even lead the little K. But with New York and all those lefties in an afternoon game, you have to think a couple of those could lead the ballpark potentially tomorrow. The Yankees have been swinging the bats better. The Yankees coming off a six-game losing streak have now won two in a row. Just the mean comes into play here. Besides the fact that Young's facing an afternoon game as a fly ball pitcher and a band box against all those lefties, besides that fact, it's the mean. The fact that Michael Pineda probably not going to lose three starts in a row. The fact that Chris Young probably not going to keep his ERA under one for much longer as he gets more of a, of a sample size and the mean comes back into play. And that's not to say Chris Young couldn't have an ERA in the twos or threes this year. I just, at some point, he's going to give up some runs. And with the Yankees team, it's starting to play a little bit better the last couple games. They're playing at home. They've got the lefties. They got their ace on the mound. It just seems like a bad matchup for the Royals tomorrow. I'm not really real positive about this one. I believe the Royals will probably get swept tomorrow. But it's baseball. And the Royals have, have responded before. I mean, I'm sure you had doubts whether they could beat Johnny Cueto. They did. I'm sure you had doubts whether they could beat Michael Pineda. They did. They've lit up Samarja this year. They've lit up Sale this year. On and on. So, I mean, they're, you know, Kluber. There's plenty of guys the Royals have defeated that perhaps on paper you think that would be a tough matchup. So, I'm not saying they can't win the game tomorrow. And I'm not saying Chris Young can't go six innings of one-run ball. Very easily he could. Just a guess. And that's all you can do with baseball, especially during the regular season with this being a grind. It's a game the Royals will be focused for and motivated. A game they really need. Ned Yost said after the game, we need to come out and win tomorrow. And I agree to a to a you know to an you know to a degree. I, I'm I'm not going to panic if the Royals lose tomorrow. Honestly, and I hope you don't either. 
So I believe the Yankees will probably win that game tomorrow, but we'll see. Now, a note to you, the next two Royals games fall on weekday afternoons. I have other obligations during the week and during the, you know, in the afternoons. I'm available for all weekend games and all night games, but I'll only be able to see bits and parts. So the next two games, I will not have a dish here for you on Clubhouse Conversation. We'll do this again on Saturday night. But we will have the interview with Lendy McDaniel coming a bit later this evening. Check that out. Terrific career. If you've never heard of Lendy McDaniel, look him up. Look at his numbers. Look, look at the guys he played with. This, the interview is phenomenal. Promise you. Check that one out. We've got another current royal coming up. I mean, interviews, you know, every single week, all year round here in Clubhouse Conversation. You know, come back for the dish here as well. So there we go. That's that's that for the dish until Saturday. Let's hope the Royals have at least won one of the next two before then, preferably both. But really need to get, obviously, you know, obviously the Royals can't come home 0-6 or 1-5. They need to get at least a couple games in this road trip. If they go 2-4 and in this road trip, it's okay. They're going to have road trips like that stretches like that weeks like that so don't panic hang in there we'll see what happens and we'll see what the Royals do also I'm excited you know looking forward to ahead uh, to the Cubs I'm anxious to see what the Royals do if Rios is activated if, if it's Orlando that goes down is it Blanton that's DFA'd because they want to have an extra position player this weekend is it is it Morales DFA'd of course Franklin I'm talking about and speaking of Morales is Kentry's going to play at all in the field during this game against the series against the Cubs Lots of questions. It'll be interesting to find out as the week goes on, and we'll have it for you on Clubhouse Conversation. Have a great night.